All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. You're here with father and son co-host duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you today? Doing good, Andrew. And for our listeners, we are remote. We're not in the studio uh, because of the holiday break when we're recording this. Um, excited to have on this young guest. We've been trying to get him on now for a little while. Uh, give us the intro on this one. We're going back over across the pond to the EIHL. Yeah, so today we have with us Alex Oldale. So Alex, young guy, 19, goaltender. Um, you, you would recognize him from uh, the Great Britain U18 team, um, which he's won two bronze uh, uh, honors with the teams. And then he also was with the Sheffield Steelhawks, England U18 team, where he was also um, had the best save percentage, one of the best goalies in the league that year in 2021-2022. He is now at that age now where he's graduated from NIHL, especially with his play, and he's now with uh, Manchester Storm full-time and is quite the fan favorite over there. And um, a big relief that there's now a great Brent over there taking over and leading the team. So we're happy to have this Alex Oldale. Alex, how are you today, buddy? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Doing well, good, doing man. well. Thank you for coming on, man. No, thank you for having me. So, Alex, let's start, I should say, at the beginning, and for you, because you're 19, it's not that far ago. Talk a little bit about how you got involved in hockey, being a goalie, and um, if there were any hockey, maybe goalie mentors or people you looked up to uh, a few years ago. So, uh, I started off actually playing roller hockey, uh, where I played out of Rotherham in, in England, obviously, and... I, I took quite the liking to roller hockey, uh, where I played for the international teams at like the the under twelves age group and the under fourteens age group, and uh, I'd I'd always wanted to be a goalie. Uh, I started off as a defenseman, and it was it was kind of uncommon for for a person of that age to be so defensively minded. Uh, so I kind of I kind of just thought if if that's the way that I'm looking, then the only the only right place for me to be would be in the net. And then I suppose I never looked back from there. Uh, I went to to Los Angeles with with the roller hockey, and then when I came back from that trip, I knew that it was something that I wanted to invest the vast majority of my time into. Uh, which is when I decided to make the move over to ice hockey at sort of thirteen ish uh, kind of age. And then ever since I made that jump to ice hockey, I, I kind of never looked back or never looked at anything else and, and just took it day by day or season by season, I suppose, and kept working hard. Yeah, and so I'm curious, Alex. So you were playing for the U18 team, um, the Sheffield Steelhawks during the 2019-2020 season. Then you also played for the Scimitars, the U20 team. So were you like just always ahead of your age or how did that happen? How did that, how did that occur? Uh, so the goalie situation in the Sheffield Academy, which is obviously like the, the junior age groups, there was not really a shortage of goalies, but goalies were, Sheffield were quite good at pushing not just goalies, but players as well to kind of play out of the comfort zones. So as soon as I'd kind of got myself comfortable and familiarize myself with the academy and the people across the age groups. They always pushed me on to try and try and better myself and play with guys that are sort of more skillful than me 
or have more experience. So the opportunity was always there. And I suppose I was so eager to to want to get better that I kind of just jumped to any chance I could get. So as soon as, as soon as the opportunity rose for me to to be able to play up those age groups, I kind of took them as they came and enjoyed them and just kept working throughout all the ages. So Great Britain is having um, um, a great time at the moment of developing hockey players. We've seen that over even the last five years, Andrew and I. What type of training did you receive or coaching? You know, here in North America, whether it be Canada or, or U.S., there's so many goaltending schools, so much good training and 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 coaching. What is what was it like for you? And I know you're still receiving that as well. But what was it like for you growing up? Did you uh, was it a struggle? Was there plenty of goaltending coaches there? Uh, so as far as goaltender specific coaches, I think not just in Sheffield or or Blackburn or Manchester, the places that I've played. I think I think sort of countrywide there there's a shortage of goaltender coaches that you can have access to like all the time whether that just be where they live or kind of how busy they are uh so kind of just the normal player coaches for instance throughout my junior career Ron Shudra played played a big part in trying to develop me uh he worked with a guy called Jeff Colton as well. He used to put a lot of time into me. Uh, took took a lot of notice to me. Had a lot of respect for me. Um, pushed me on to work hard. And then, sort of as I as I got a little bit older and more into looking at senior hockey, becoming full time and kind of leaving junior hockey. There's there's countless coaches that I could name. Like for instance, you and King. I I never. I never really get to see him too much because he lives over in Cardiff, which is in Wales. Uh, but as and when I can jump on the ice with you, and he's a great example of he invests a lot of time into me. Uh, my goalie coach currently, who I've had for years and years before I even thought Manchester was a was an option. Uh, Dave Clancy, he's he's a great guy. He puts a lot of time into me. We have a lot of respect for each other, and he's a really understanding coach. But honestly, I'd I'd be here for hours if I listed off all the coaches that have put time into me. Uh, so maybe not goaltender specific, but there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of people, uh, sort of around that are, are more than happy to help. So, Alex, my question to you is, and I noticed that there's obviously uh, this this gap year, 2020, 2021. Um, you're supposed to be with the Steelhawks U18, but COVID had happened, and I imagine it happened uh, near the end of the Scimitar Steelhawks season um, when you were still doing really well. And so before you had the best of your life with the Steelhawks, you're going through COVID. We like to ask this question because, we, you know, we like to – show fans kind of what it's like to be a pro athlete during this time, but of course more so a pro uh, hockey player. We've talked to a lot of guys that are much older, that families take care of. Maybe their um, careers were more so on the coin of being on the way out, and it was a struggle for them to, to navigate know where they were going in life. What were you going through during that time? And obviously you weren't in pro yet, but uh, 
you're starting to kind of get older, you get up to 18, 19 years old at, you know, about 18 at this point. And so um, what, what were you starting to think and uh, how did you deal with COVID? I mean, you're a really young guy. You're still in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had the, yeah. So what's like, there's, there's kind of a, there was always the stress of like away from the hockey life as in like, I was still in school. I was taking sort of final exams, looking at, going to college and and at that point I was kind of still still throwing ideas around of like what am I going to do in college am I going to go to university kind of thing and and trying to keep up with the studying without actually having access to school so I think that 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 was a big part kind of not being able to go on the ice maybe as much as everyone would have liked to which was obviously a worldwide thing that nobody could get the ice due to the covid uh but but a lot of the time it was kind of just trying to see see the light at the end of the tunnel keep working hard whether that be just working out at home or maybe going for a run or studying just just trying to trying to keep life as as normal as possible was a big thing for me sort of not letting what was happening in the wider world distract me from my own goals and and targets that I wanted to achieve that might have been been delayed a little bit due to obviously COVID but yeah I think I think for me something that I told myself a lot was like this isn't going to last forever and the chances will come opportunities will come even if they are slightly delayed and and just to keep working hard and I don't know how many people would agree or whether you like yourselves would agree but I actually somewhat benefited from COVID because it gave me chance to to step away, sort of reevaluate everything that was going on, whether that be at hockey, away from hockey at school, college. It it kind of gave me a chance to to relax a little bit because because nothing was gonna go anywhere or there was there was nothing being said at that time because obviously the the governments and the restrictions sort of decided everything. So. I think for me, I'd, I'd sort of maybe see it as a positive other than the fact it was a worldwide pandemic. I think it gave me a chance to to sort of step away from everything a little bit and keep myself on the right track. And then sort of when things started to, to become back to like a normality again, I kind of knew which direction I wanted to go. I'd sort of all the college stuff out. I'd, I'd kind of like set my wanted to follow with hockey and then I ultimately decided to choose the hockey path over the education path and and sort of took all the ice I could get when when we were able to and then I suppose I'm I'm still on that path now. Yeah. So yeah, Alex man. you um you turned pro so to speak uh with the NIHL um with Blackburn and after COVID and now you're probably starting to realize what you just talked about, man, you know, what am I going to do? Education, go pro route. Talk a little bit about your time there in NHL with Blackburn. And then how did this summer you get signed with Manchester? That must have been um, obviously a huge deal for you, for your family. Talk a little bit about that and how that came to be. So, uh, the the season that I played at Blackburn, I was I was actually fortunate enough to be able to to get some ice time with Manchester. Sort of once or twice a week, I'd drive over, uh, and I'd train with the guys on the morning skates, kind of just like the midweek ones. 
Uh, so, so I managed to get myself sort of in and around the guys uh, at Manchester and kind of start to get a little bit of an understanding on how how the pro life works and how those guys train and what they do in the gym and sort of how the day-to-day lives would be while still like getting the ice time at Blackburn. So yeah, I think it was, that was definitely like a, an important part of it for me to be able to get that ice time in that season. And then when the summer came around and sort of the season was starting to come to an end and we were going into off season, uh, I, I stayed in contact with, with Matt Ginn, who is the head coach at Manchester. Uh, and then after a little bit of speaking with Matt, like telling him that I really enjoyed it and thanking him for the opportunity, I kind of just thought that like maybe I'd be fortunate enough to to get that training time again. And then Matt messaged me one one afternoon and just said that he'd love to take me on full time. And then I suppose that's where it kind of really sort of, I suppose it sort of hit home a little bit, like that all the work and like we said about trying to keep on on a straight and narrow path while other things might have been going on. When when Matt sent me that message that he'd love to take me on full time, that's that's when like I, I sort of thought that the real hard work starts now and everything I've worked for. And like this is this is where I wanted to be and and it's here now. So I just gotta keep working. By by no means when I say like I'm here now, by no means do I do I think I've made it or do I think I'm like the best ever or like that kind of thing. But those are all things that I, I want to work for. And I think Manchester is definitely giving me the best opportunity I could have and like the the right pathway to put me put me in that direction to sort of be one of the best or the best that I can be. So I'm curious within about the Great Britain uh, teams that you played for the the World Junior Cup. I mean, you did it. Um, it was kind of had a gap year. You did in 2021, 2022 that time period, and then you just did it recently and just in just won bronze again. Um, talk to us about the first time that you did it. According to Elite Prospects, it looks like you were maybe the backup, didn't get too much time in, but then you at least got some time in this this time around. And uh, man, 1,000 save percentage, man, that's impressive. Talk to us about yeah. those, man. Well. <laughs> So uh, in the in the first tournament at the the under eighteens, uh, I actually had a little bit of confusion as to what I thought was an injury. So previously in the season before that, I uh, I tore my hamstring away from my glute, which which caused quite a bit of a problem. Uh, again around the COVID time, so trying to work with sort of physios and doctors and get on the right path for rehabilitation. And that all got sorted as far as I was concerned until I until I took that trip to to Estonia with the the under 18s team where the hamstring and the glute kind of flared up again. Uh, and and with what we had, obviously, we'd just traveled to Estonia, like we don't have all the facilities that we'd have there over here. We kind of just got the physio and the doctor, their knowledge and then sort of the the little bits of equipment that they'd take with them. So that tournament I actually didn't ice. I got nine minutes in the preseason friendly, which I made a split save in, uh, which I 
shot through the roof because I thought I'd snap my hamstring again. Uh, and then when I came home, I uh, I went to go and get that sort of like CT scanned and numerous x-rays and visits to physios and doctors uh, where we actually narrowed it down to it was it was just sciatica. Uh, I had a slight pelvic tilt uh, where the leg that I'd injured uh, while it was sort of repairing itself hadn't repaired itself to its full like capacity. Uh, so that was my left leg that I injured and it actually made my right leg longer than my left. Uh, so obviously with with the flexibility and the agility that goaltenders need to have, sort of if I was to stretch in a certain way or make make a save in a certain way, that that'd flare up again. And because I wasn't any wiser than to think that it was just an injury, I was kind of out of playing for a little while uh, until I until I got that clarified that it was literally just sciatica and a small pelvic tilt. Uh, to which I just had, I think it was six weeks of manipulation uh, just to make that hamstring the the little bit longer that it needed to be. Uh, and then after that, I was kind of back up on my feet and ready to go again. Uh, and then the second tournament that you mentioned, uh, which was actually just a couple of weeks ago, uh, again, collecting the bronze medal with Korea just stealing the gold from us. Uh, and the the little bit of ice time that I got against the uh, the game against Spain, uh, I think it was eight or nine shots I faced, uh, managing to keep them all out, which I was I was over the moon with. <laughs> I actually played that game on my nineteenth birthday, so it <laughs> meant a lot to me on the day. Uh, nice. But but the other goalie that I was there with, uh, Ben Norton, I'm not sure if you've you've heard of him or had him on no. uh he he played the the rest of the tournament he did a great job to be fair to him like you got to take your hat off to him he, he did very well and kind of the the mistakes that the team made that sort of led to Korea taking the gold from us I, I wouldn't point the fingers at Ben I wouldn't point the fingers at any other guys Korea are a very good team uh and and just as far as goaltending's sort of goes, Ben did a cracking job. So I, I was happy to see him do well. Uh, he actually got goalie of the tournament, which was nice to see sort of one of the Great Britain lads get that award. Uh, but yeah, for the for the shots that I had against Spain, managing to keep them all out was it it was a big achievement. Oh man. So talk to us a little bit about now um, the difference in your opinion between the NIHL, which for our listeners that might not know um, UK hockey, that's sort of the uh, development minor leagues uh, to the elite league, the EIHL. But um, Alex, what's if you could like pick out two things, what would be the difference between the two leagues that you played in? I think a big one, and it's kind of something that people might look past, would be the life away from hockey between sort of, like you said, maybe a, a development league for the IHL, uh, the life away from hockey sort of in that league, you kind of go to training, do like all the gym work and the off-ice stuff. And then other than that, you were, you kind of left to your own devices to, to maybe 
like your workouts will be ones that you put together yourself and kind of like there's no no sort of restrictions on food or like lifestyle like the way that you live or anything and then you find that sort of making that jump up to the elite league even away from the rink and away from hockey you're always trying to better yourself whether that be cooking a healthy dish instead of just putting a pizza in the oven or something like that something that you'd maybe not think of or just something that you might not think makes a bit of a difference once you start getting those things right for six eight ten twelve weeks they, they really do start to make a difference so I think having moved away to Manchester and kind of this is the first time I've lived away from home and away from family uh, I think just making sure that you're, you're always on top of your game whether that be in training or on the ice or whether you're, you're just keeping on top of where you think you need to be and always pushing for those like one percent better every day kind of targets uh, and I think as a second one I'd maybe say the intensity and that might be sort of I don't want to state the obvious, but it, it is a huge difference. Sort of in training sessions, a lot more intense. The gym work, because you go to the gym with the rest of the guys. Again, you're pushing each other on. You kind of you're not working out alone. You've got you've got other people around you pushing you on. So maybe when you don't want to go to the gym, one of the guys is there to pick you up and and it motivates you. It really does. And I think that's something that again, is a positive thing that I've taken away from sort of the differences, but something that I'm kind of, I, I do really appreciate like the, the lifestyles that not just myself, but anybody who plays pro lives because it, it can get a lot sometimes. You kind of, it can be a little bit overwhelming. You're either very full on training all the time or you kind of just at home resting until the next day. So it's it's something that I, I manage quite well, but for, for other guys, I could see why maybe that jump from the NIHL to the EIHL, like that that could be something that other guys might see as a as a huge difference uh as to in terms of like the intensity away from the rink as well as at the rink. So have you had to uh so obviously let's talk about this season now we're here present time um and at least according to what i'm looking at still um i think you guys had a game yesterday if i'm not speaking but uh still 922 save percentage as of right now that i'm looking at you've been doing really well this season got a couple games under your belt have you had to make any adjustments when you got to the eihl with manchester for your your goal specifically you know we talk a lot and um, we talked to a goalie the other day and uh you know, he was playing over in the AHL a lot and, and was talking about how he had to change some things technically and how he was a goaltender because of certain team systems and how they do it. You know, my father was talking about goaltending coaches earlier. Have you experienced that at all? Have you had to adjust your style? You know, I'm not good at, you know, butterfly or knowing all that, the terminology for, but have you had to adjust? Have you had to do anything different? Definitely. Uh, I completely agree that, yes, there's there has had to be changes to not just my game uh, like physically but mentally as well the way that you prepare for a game is is big because going onto that ice sort of in the NIHL you could you could get on the ice and it's 
it's don't get me wrong, it's intense in the league. Like a, a lot of the guys, all the guys work hard, and goalies want to save the goals, and goal scorers want to score the goals. So there's always that competition, whether you're playing in the NHL or whether you're just playing playing for fun in in sort of a home hometown small league. Like there's always competition. Uh, so as far as changes to the game are concerned, yes physically like the things that I do on the ice that there has had to be changes and like you said uh with the the guy from the AHL that you just spoke about sort of different team systems and how they play for instance if I was if I was going to play a game against one team like the video before the game that we'd watch a determine sort of a play style because you get some teams that like to jump straight at you on the rush and come down with three guys and it's very like quick and snappy and then you've got other teams that will hit the red line and dump the puck in and set up five guys so so it doesn't seem like a, a major difference but it, it definitely does and I suppose that's that's what makes the pro guys pro being able to to recognize the small adjustments that you need to make and don't get me wrong I'm still still learning and I by all means still have a lot to learn about that but it, it's something that I'm trying hard to do and something that I am putting time and work into sort of paying attention to teams systems and even even things like team special teams like five on four how do guys set up do they do they play a one-timer do they put a guy on the slot do they play a screen there's there's hundreds of different scenarios that teams will play and and I think it is important, not just for myself, but for, for sort of anybody to to really pay attention to how teams play because it can determine your play style at the end of the day and, and how you'd approach a game or approach a team. Alex, forgive us a moment here. Um, since we're on Manchester, um, it's sort of the elephant in the room for our podcast because I think two or three weeks ago we had on a, a former Manchester player. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, before we came on if that we were going to sort of ask this. And he played with Manchester last season, uh, uh, Anthony DeLuca, and he really trashed the either the maybe not courage, current management, but maybe the past management or ownership. I know that Manchester has gone through recently a new ownership change things like that. Um, uh, and he really talked about, you know, uh, some things in his contract that uh, he felt they didn't live up to accommodations, uh, maybe sometimes no meals provided if it was going over to Belfast or whatever it was. So we're not trying to say dispute it, but we also want to be fair to Manchester because we've had on uh Plenty of Manchester players, and uh, and and we have a lot of Manchester fans that actually listen to our podcast, and we want to uh, sort of be fair. So, what has been your experience from the summertime through now, as far as the management of the team, the professionalism, uh, you know, your accommodations, the team meals? Has there been any problems? Uh, we figure we got a current player on. We'd ask you, honestly. For for me personally, and I, I don't know, for instance, like you said, with with DeLuca there, if if he experienced those problems and um I'm not like I would never say that he's lying or or anything like that because maybe maybe that's the way that he felt. But 
for me personally, it, it's been unreal. Everything from, from like you said about food, like we'll, we'll arrive to a game, there'll be food there, we'll come off the ice, there'll be food waiting for us. Accommodation, if you need it for, for away trips, the hotels that we put in uh, are nice hotels. Like we, we get looked after. Uh, and even even like the home accommodation, uh, I live in a house with a, a couple of the other guys, and w- we're all we're all happy with our accommodation. And as far as I'm aware, the uh, the guys that are sort of in the other houses or the other apartments, they're they're all happy. And I've seen a few of the other guys' apartments, and they're really nice. And a couple of the other houses, again, very nice. Uh, and then sort of away from that and looking more at the rink and the management, like you said, with the, the management changes, I've I've never experienced anything bad as far as, or anything that I could speak badly upon uh, in terms of management or coaching or staff, or even just, just the players around you. Like every everyone seems to get on really well. It's kind of, we're kind of like a big family, obviously, with a lot of guys living away from home. It's it's something that it, it makes you create a bond that you kind of can't describe it. It's those guys are your friends, but the amount of time you spend with them, you kind of see them as family. And even from speaking to like a player to a coach or a manager or a physio, you, you find that the levels of respect and the way that you've spoken to and the way that you speak to people is is very much the same. Like it's it's very easy going. I think I think that's the best way that I could put it. That there's there's never a stupid question or never something that I'd feel worried to speak about. Like that there'd always be somebody there that I'd be more than happy to speak to about anything. And again, I I don't think it would be about anything bad because my personal experience, everything's going great. I, I love it in Manchester. That's very good to hear. Very good to hear. And great for the league as well. Talk to us a little bit about the fans. Uh, they've embraced yep. you, at least on social media, when we, you know, if you get the shutout or you get a win, because um, you are, uh, you know, still the backup goalie, uh, but you're getting a lot more time uh talk to us a little bit about the fans they seem to really love you i mean maybe you know who knows maybe if you get on a bad streak and you lose a lot maybe that'll change but right now you're kind of like the uh the sun come home because there's not too many uh uh, brit goalies i don't think yeah so uh i think the fans are great we we always we kind of have a good laugh i'm not sure if you're you're aware of sort of like when we win at home they throw like chocolate and sweets and stuff onto the ice for the guys to eat in the dressing room after. Uh, it's it's a good relationship that not only me, I think everyone has a good relationship with the fans, and and for me personally, I always try to make time for them. It's it's sometimes difficult, and I can only apologize in the moment to to people that I maybe don't don't have time to speak to whether that be because we're leaving for for a trip or like we're, we're getting on the ice or something. But if I can, I will definitely make time for the fans because at the end of the day, they they have they probably have families, they have wives away from hockey. And I think that the time that 
the vast majority of those people invest into us, it's only right that we invest that time back. So if there's a fan that, for instance, might want a photo or, or a puck or even just, just to come and speak to you, like we'll do a, a skate with the fans maybe once a month after after a home game. And I, I always love going on them because you, you you meet some like really nice people on there and a lot of the people do have like really positive things to say to you and it's 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 nice to hear it's sort of it motivates you to want to keep working and like you said sort of on the social medias you see people kind of especially about sort of myself right now with me with me getting the ice time uh the positive things that people say don't definitely don't go unnoticed like i i see the things people say and i do really appreciate it it's it's very nice and I suppose very humbling to see. It's it's kind of like that people recognise the hard work that you put in and it, it makes me want to work harder. So talk to us uh, in this and then uh, we'll we'll wrap this up here. Um, talk to us a little about the Gandhi, uh, the goalie tandem here. And um, in ice hockey, it's sort of a strange duo because you have the number one goalie and you have the number two goalie. There's obviously needs to be support, but yet it's competitive because both of you want to play the game and you want the ice time. Um, so talk a little bit about the situation. Last year, Brodeur was there and had uh, the lion's share of everything. He left. Now you got Winnegar there. You've got you there. Talk a little bit about the tandem, how you guys might or might not be working together. I, I, I don't know. Uh, me and me and Winnie work great. He, he's a great guy. He's he's very knowledgeable. He he has a lot of experience playing in all different kinds of leagues across the world. Uh, whether that be in Europe or in in the states or Canada, uh, I'm not sure how much he bounced around those leagues. Uh, or whether that be here in in the IHL at Manchester, he, he has a lot of knowledge and he's played with a lot of guys that are, are very good at the sport and, and definitely know what they're doing in and around the sport. So I find it great to have him with me, especially because we get on so well. Like he's, he's the kind of guy that I wouldn't just see as a goalie partner. I'd, I'd see him as, as more than that kind of away from the rink as well. He's a guy that maybe I could sit and speak to or grab a coffee with. And I think the relationship that me and Winnie have is great. Like we, we speak about everything and everything, uh, everything and anything on on like a morning skate or before a game, and then kind of more focused on the hockey side. He's he's a great teacher. Like I, I ask him my fair share of questions, uh, because I I suppose to take advantage of his knowledge like the, the guy knows a lot about the sport so for me to be able to have him there kind of every single day when we get on the ice together if if there's something I'm unsure of or maybe something that I've watched in his game that that I like the look of and maybe I want to try he, he's always more than happy to take the time out whether that be after a practice he might just stay on for 10 or 15 minutes and and kind of teach me how to do something or give me advice on something or he might say to me this is how I do it this is how you do it why don't we why don't we come up with something and 
and maybe both of us can improve from it. So he, he's a great guy. I, again, I I wouldn't have anything bad to say about him. He's he's very humble. He, he's very good, but he's very humble. Uh, he, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic goalie, fantastic goalie. So, um, yeah. two more questions. I promise, then we'll let you go, Alex. Uh, appreciate your time. Um, <laughs> league wise, here we've. Uh, where do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're halfway through the season. You guys have a much shorter season than we do in North America. Um, Belfast is kind of moving down. Sheffield's kind of been the leader from game one. Um, but you also have like Coventry making, uh, beating Belfast there in the semifinals, right. Or the, or the quarterfinals. I can't remember. Um, where's Manchester. Do you think you guys are going to be moving up? You're going to be competitive. What do you think about some of the other teams? You can't, um, mistake, uh, Guilford too. Guilford's always in the mix. Uh, and they were, I think a surprise last year as well, but kind of give us a sense of where you see the season and and Manchester where Manchester might be going I, I think we have a great chance I, I think everybody in the league maybe not just just Manchester I wouldn't want to sort of just speak about them separately in in what I'm about to say uh, I think that any team anybody could be anybody whether whether you're currently sat bottom of the table or you sat top of the table I think this season especially every team has potential to beat anybody it's it's quite literally who wants it on the night like take us for example we we played a great game against Guildford in our building winning 3-2 in the shootout uh, 4-3 in the shootout sorry uh very back and forward game very close game uh and then the day after which happens to be yesterday we we went to their place and they they sort of I wouldn't say dominated or took over the game because we, we had some great looks and it again it was was a physical game it was was a good game of hockey uh, I think everybody worked hard but as as the scoreline shows Guildford did come out on top and I, I think that's a great example that literally within the space of twenty four hours you could go from grabbing two points in a shootout to losing two points in sixty minutes. Uh, and I think that goes for any of the teams, whether that be eighth place playing first place or second and third. I, th I think anybody could could definitely make a change to the league. And if I remember rightly, the last time I, I looked and worked it out, I think it's it'd only take maybe I think it was three or four games for for the bottom of the table to like become not far from the top. Uh, like you said with Sheffield they're, they're doing very well this year uh, I mean they have some great players the the facilities at the home rink are great and they're doing really well but it's it's definitely something that I would never sort of think of a team to to run away with the league because again we're we're just about halfway into the season and, and anything can happen there's there's been a lot of surprises this season in the league and there's there's absolutely no reason why there couldn't be any more in the second half of the season. Nice. Nice. Well, we're going to uh, follow your career since it's just starting. Um, I think it would be unfair for us to ask, like, 
where do we see Alex Odale here in, in a few years? Uh, you know, just because you just got into the league. But for our listeners, you're 6'3". You're a great goaltender already. You're still developing. Um, you're already proving yourself uh, in the elite league here. So it's. I'm just. I'll leave it with. It's going to be interesting to follow your career, and and we wish you and Manchester all the best uh, for the rest of this season and beyond. Hang on, because we'll say goodbye off air. But officially, we want to thank you, Andrew. Thank. Uh, thank you very much for coming on here today. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Okay, Andrew, great. Great guest, young guy, 19.63. He's getting the ice time at Manchester between the pipes. Uh, it's going to be interesting following his career. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's always good to see a, a Brit over there, you know, starting to take over, and especially a goalie and, you know, um, you know, we also want to say, too, you know, we hope that the uh, Manchester fans enjoyed this. You know, um, we've had quite a bit of people reach out about the DeLuca thing, you know, kind of the elephant in the room. But, uh, you know, obviously this this podcast is for players, whoever it is to come on and they can talk about whatever they want. Right. That's part of the thing. Um, and so he decided to talk about that. We respect him and what he's got to say. But then we also wanted to get, you know, some positivity going that way, too, because we love the Manchester fans. We've had a bunch of Manchester current and former players on and yep. you know we we do just like deluca said though too we love the fan base we love the people over there so we'll keep it at that yeah and you know we never um re responded back to that i mean uh deluca has his um um you know what what happened to him I and mean, if it was former management and what he alleged um you know is what he alleged um we're not investigative reporters it's not sort of our job like we're not going to contact Manchester management and say, hey, a former player said this or that. Is that true? I mean, that's just out of our league. We're just a fan podcast. But um, I'm glad that we were able to get Alex on, uh, a current player. And I think that to be fair to uh, Manchester, uh, to ask him um, how things have been with him, with uh, particularly the new management, it sounds like things are, are on the right track there. And like we talked about, that's great for the league because we do know that some of the teams do struggle or we've heard struggle sometimes financially. Um, and we want the league to uh, continue to thrive and where you've had some dominant teams like a Belfast and Sheffield that sort of have the money, maybe even more of a fans coming into the games or a big arena. I'm not really sure uh, what the case is. You know, they seem to be dominating the league and we want to make, you know, have that league as fair and equal as possible. So it's it's good to hear that uh, um, he enjoys and uh, the management and the team and things are going well there. It's going to be interesting to follow his career, Andrew. I think he's got a really good career. He's 19. He's really he's faced. We didn't talk about it, but he's faced a lot of shots. So when you look at his stats. His goal against. Uh, but you also got to look at, you know, like, gosh, I mean, he's facing a lot of shots, in, 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 you know, more than, I think, 30 a game. Hey, being peppered with shots isn't necessarily a bad thing early on in your career. Just look at Swayman over at the University of Maine when he was there, peppered with 40 shots plus per game, just the way that their team and system was set up. But guess what? I think that helped prepare him for the NHL and look at the immediate jump. So hopefully Alex has a 
long and prospering career. And he's one of those guys. He's so young and, and, you know, with Manchester, and we'll have him back on, you know, at some point, it'll be good to catch up with him. When we publish this, uh, it'll be uh, the new year will have just passed by. We're recording this a week before. So we want to wish everybody a happy new year and uh, Lindroth hockey podcast, 2024. We've got a lot of people coming on the show. A lot of good things. Uh, our, podcast continues to grow uh, more and more listeners so we're appreciative of you and, and all the support and um, it does help us too when you subscribe on one of our um, podcast apps whether it be apple or spotify or whatever but you'll find us everywhere please share us let people know that we are there and we're making a huge push here to get even bigger than what we are absolutely well again Happy New Year to everybody. This has gone on over three years now with this podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll keep it trekking and doing the same thing in the new year. So I'm excited. Happy New Year. Take care, everyone. Everybody.